this first, um, this first spiritual kryptonite that we're talking about this morning is fear, is fear. And I want to define fear. I started thinking, what is fear? And it's such a weird, it's more of a feeling or an emotion than it is something you can define. And so here's the definition I came up with. Fear is a negative emotion caused by the expectation of danger, distress, or pain. Fear, now check this out. This is really important to understand. Fear is felt in the present. It's focused on the future, and it's filtered through the past. So in other words, you are feeling fear now, but you're feeling fear now about what is possibly to come. And what you fear about what's possibly to come is because of what you've experienced in your past. Do you understand? And that's a real big um, uh, key to overcoming fear is recognizing what you've been afraid of in the past. Okay? So we feel it in the present. It's about the future, but it's affected and filtered through our past. Now, we use lots of different words for fear, and they're all kind of closely associated. So when I say fear, I'm talking about a response to something that's like happening or about to happen. When I say the word worry, worry is a little bit different. Worry is about what could happen or might happen. See, fear is dealing with with something that's known. Worry is dealing with something that could be. We've got another word here that many of you have experienced, and that's anxiety. Anxiety is a general uneasiness that's not tied to any specific thing. And so when you're anxious, you just kind of walk around like, oh, no, what's going to happen now? I don't know. There's something out there that's going to happen. I just don't know what it is. But here's the deal. Fear, worry, and anxiety are not from God. They're not from God. I want to share a story with you. This is the time when one of my greatest fears came true. I, I, uh, you may not know this about me. I've got a couple of hang-ups. Y'all are laughing because you know it's more than a couple. One of the things that I, I, I don't like to do, it's kind of weird for me, is I don't like drinking after other people. Now, and it's not just like, a, oh, I'd rather not. It's like it just really freaks me out. Is anyone else that doesn't like, okay, thank you. Yes, all the germaphobes raise their hand and then, you know, get that uh, soap, wash your hands real quick after raising it. So, so it's always just kind of been a hang up. I mean, I remember when I was like in, in, in high school, someone said, hey, can I have a drink of that? I was like, no. <laughs> wow. Actually, what I would do, I would drink it down to the last little bit and say, you have the rest. Right, because I just I didn't like drinking after people. It kind of came to a head when I got married, and I, I would I would kiss my wife, but I wouldn't drink after her. Now that's dumb, and I knew it was dumb, and I thought this is this is ridiculous. Like I need to overcome this fear. Right? I mean, this is this is a hang up that 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 I just need to get rid of. Well, one time Ethan was around four years old. And uh, I worked from home at the time, and I woke up with a headache, and it's like just the worst feeling, right, to wake up with a headache. And so I'm, I'm going in the kitchen, and, and I'm going to grab some Tylenol, take some Tylenol. And so I, and I get the Tylenol, and I'm looking. I don't want to use another glass, right, because then you've got to wash another glass. 
I think, okay. And I see next to the sink is a blue solo cup. I think, okay, this is a good chance. This is ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it was used by one of my family members. Like, there's no reason I should be afraid to drink after whoever, whoever's cup this was. So I pick up the cup. I'm like, I'm going to overcome this fear. Put a little bit of water in it. Pop the Tylenol. Go on, go on about my day. Except as soon as I put the cup down, Tiffany walks in. She says, oh, by the way, don't use the blue solo cup next to the sink. <laughs> okay. I turned to her and I said, why? But it was the look on my face, I think, when she said, did you use it? But by the time she said use it, she was laughing so hard. It was really, she wasn't really saying the words use it. You know what I mean? I could just, did you use it? <laughs> it was that kind of thing. And I was like, baby, what's wrong with the cup? She says, don't worry about it. Red flag, red flag. I said, Tiff, what's wrong with the cup? And she says, okay, don't be mad. Red flag, red flag. But Ethan, who at the time was four years old, he was potty trained. But he got up in the middle of the night, and he wasn't sure he could make it to the bathroom, so he used the blue solo cup. (laughs) She says, in the middle of the night, and so I took the cup, I I poured it out, and I just set it next to the sink. (laughs) Now, my first question, I hope is your first question. Why did you not throw it away? Right? Right? But uh, the bottom line is I drank my son's pee. (laughs) Pee residue. Uh, Either way, either way, my worst fear came true. My worst, we call that story the curse of the blue solo cup. Now, here's the deal. What's interesting about that is something I was so afraid of actually happened. It wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, it wasn't preferable. But I'm here standing before you telling the story. And oftentimes, oftentimes, fear, fear, fear can be a bully. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. But fear can be a bully. But the way that you stand up to a bully, there's only one way to deal with a bully and it's to face it. And I tell you, I, I still don't prefer drinking after people. But like, it's not like this really weird hang up where I'm like obsessed with it anymore. Because I drank my son's pee. So after you do that, <laughs> you know, so everything else is no big deal, right? Fear is kryptonite for the believer. Anxiety, worry, panic, these things can all keep us from who we were designed to be, to walk in the supernatural the way we were designed to walk. Let me tell you a couple of things about fear real quick. Fear is unhelpful. It's unhelpful. It can't can't change the past, and it really can't change the future. I mean, if you were afraid of the hurricane that was coming a few weeks ago, that didn't stop it from coming. 
right? The, the fear didn't change it. It's actually not helpful. Now, we can use wisdom. We can be motivated to use wisdom and prepare, but that's very different than being afraid of something. Fear in and of itself is not helpful to us. Fear is also unreasonable. It's just unreasonable, especially worry, now, I know some of you tend to, it's like your default almost to worry, and you were brought up by worrying parents, and you were brought up by, by a grandparent or a parent that was just always worried about every little thing. And it tends to be your default as well. But here's the problem. To worry about something that you can't change is useless. And to worry about something that you can change is stupid. Just change it. Don't worry about it. And so worry is, is very, very unreasonable. I love this example. The National Bureau of Standards found that seven square blocks of fog, 100 feet deep in a downtown area. So seven square blocks, right? so seven blocks, seven blocks, 100 feet tall, so like 10-story buildings. Okay? That whole area, dense with fog. Okay? That whole area, condensed, would fill less than one glass of water. Worry makes things look bigger than it really is. It exaggerates the problem. And if you're, if, if you're hung up on worry this morning, if this is a part of your life, if this is a part of your daily routine, you get up and, and you're concerned and anxious and worry about what's going to happen, I, I encourage you, I encourage you, receive your healing this morning because this fear, this worry, it's unreasonable. It's not helping anything. As a matter of fact, here's the last thing about fear I want you to hear. Fear is unhealthy. It, it's literally unhealthy for your body. The human body was not made to live in a constant state of fear. It's, it's unnatural. When you walk in this fear, when you walk in, in, in this type of anxiety all the time, your body literally releases something called cortisol that's it's an inflammatory in your body, and, and it creates problems. Doctors report that headaches, ulcers, insomnia, high blood pressure, and backaches, these are all physical results of a mental fear. And, and it, really, it really, if this is not dealt with, if the bully is not confronted, then you can, you can actually feel physical symptoms from fear. As a matter of fact, I was reading where most people who deal with anxiety and worry and fear, they go to their doctor first because they're feeling it somewhere in their body even though the issue is here. So fear is unhelpful, it's unreasonable, and it's unhealthy. Here's the good news, is that fear is not from God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That word fear means timidity, shrinking back, worry, concern. But, but of power, he's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and of a sound mind. Now that word sound mind, it's funny. It's, it's almost like every translation you look at, it's a different word here. But the word, it means a sound, safe thinking mind, a, a mind of self-discipline. It, 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 the word could also be translated moderation. In other words, if you're having trouble with the mind traffic, you know what I'm talking about, the mind traffic? 
where you get up in the morning and you just, your mind's just racing. There's good news. That's not from God. Therefore, what God has is more powerful than that. Because God has overcome this world. God has overcome our enemy, right? And so if you're dealing with that, there's good news for you this morning that that's not from God. But what God does have, what God does have is a sound, safe-thinking mind of self-discipline and moderation for you. He does have power working on your behalf. He does have love for you, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But I encourage you, let's, let's be willing, and it's, and it's scary, I know. But let's be willing to stand toe-to-toe with a giant of fear and look him in the eyes and say, you are not for me. You were not created for me, and I was not created for you. That's the only way you can deal with a bully, amen? So how do we fight fear? How do we fight fear? If this is a kryptonite, if this is something that weakens us, that d- destroys our spiritual power, how can we fight fear? Well, here's the first one. Is we receive God's love. Now, I, I know you probably wouldn't think these three things I'm going to give you aren't three words you would typically associate with fear. But I encourage you, as we look at Scripture, you're going to see that God has laid out a plan for your victory over fear in your life. So we've got to learn to receive God's love. First John chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 18, but let's read the verses before and after. That's a good idea, by the way. When you're studying scripture, it's called context. You don't just look at one verse. You look at the verses before. You look at the verses after to make sure that you understand what they're talking about. Okay? So we're going to read 1 John 4, 18. He's talking about learning how to love other people. Verse 17, he says, As we live in God... Our love grows more perfect. Now, that word perfect means mature, grown up, okay? So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because, check this out, perfect love expels or casts away all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. One version says torment. And this shows that we have not, now check this out, if we're afraid, This shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. If you're dealing with fear, you don't need to try to control the fear. Instead, you need to run to the love of the Father. You need to run to God's love. Why? Because when you understand the massive scope of God's love for you, fear doesn't make sense anymore. Think about it. What are the things that we're afraid of? You know the number one fear? Does anyone know what the number one fear is? It's not death. That's number two. Public speaking. Number one fear is public speaking. That means that you would rather be in the casket than the one talking about the guy in the casket. (laughs) For most people. But what is, but but, see, there's there's, there's a promise for every fear. Every fear you can think of, there's a promise for that in the word of God. Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say when he sent them out on their missionary journey because I'll tell you what you need to say in that moment. So see, you don't have to be afraid. Death is obviously a a major fear. Well, guess guess what Jesus did? He kicked death in the teeth. Death died. Death died when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross and when he rose again. He's defeated death. You don't have to be afraid of death. Abandonment. That's a major fear that we deal with, abandonment, right? 
I don't want to be alone. He says, I'm with you. That's one of the promises. Jesus' name, Emmanuel, literally means God with us. He's with you. He's with you. Fear that you won't be loved. Fear that you won't be accepted. That's what the cross was for. Jesus, Jesus, when he went to the cross, willingly, intentionally, he said, this is for you. You've been accepted. Now receive it. Now receive it. See, every fear that we can have is, is masked and is removed by God's love. God's love expels and casts out fear. Amen? Amen. Here's the next way that we fight fear. We embrace humility. Now, isn't that interesting? You probably wouldn't think of humility being the antidote to fear. But it actually is. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7 here. Peter, Peter tells us this. He says, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Now, isn't it interesting? We, you've probably heard those, voice, those verses together. Let me say it this way. You've probably heard those verses before, right? Humble yourself and he will lift you up. You've probably heard, cast your burdens to God, for he cares for you, right? But do you know, they're part of the same thought. They're right next to each other in Scripture. They're not meant to be separate. It says, humble yourself under the mighty power of God. He will lift you up. So, therefore, in light of hum- humbling yourself, you can give all your worries and cares to God, for he, get, he cares about you. Now, this word where it says, give all of your worries and cares to God, in many of your versions it might say, give, cast your cares upon Jesus, for he cares for you. The, the word cares here is best translated anxieties. Your anxiety, your concern, your worry. And so the New Living says worries and cares, but the best word is anxiety. And so this anxiety, this, this general idea that something bad is going gonna, is gonna to happen, something's going to go wrong, is, is, now listen, now listen, is because of a lack of humility. What is humility? Humility is recognizing that God is in control. See, fear is fueled when you think you can solve your own problems. When you think you're in control and you think you can solve your own problems, you've taken on the burden and anxiety is the natural result. Because you're taking on a task that you aren't equipped to handle. But if you humble yourself, you realize that God is the only one able to take on the burdens and that you're not God, amen, hallelujah, then you make Jesus Lord or boss of your life. You give control of your life to him. That humility takes away the fear in your life. An example I like to use with this when it comes to control. You know, we think we want to be in control, but we don't. We, we, we really don't. I, I, was on the, I was flying back this summer from South Africa to the United States, and I experienced uh, some of the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. I mean, I've kind of experienced the regular turbulence where you're just kind of like, hey, you know, moving a little bit. But this one was like, hold on to the seat and like start praying in tongues, that kind of turbulence. You know what I mean? It was like, la, 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 la. I mean, it was like serious turbulence. And uh, it was Ethan's first time, well, second time. Over there was his first time, second time on a plane. And he was looking at us like, what is happening? And we were like, 
it's fine, buddy. You know, it's hitting heads and it was, it was rough. Now, why was, why was that fearful? Why was that a fearful experience? Because I didn't want to die, right? I didn't want to die in a plane. I, I wanted control. I, I, I was out of control. I had, I had no ability to determine whether or not we would continue in that turbulence or, or, or whether or not it would get better. Or I, I didn't have any control. But see, that's the illusion of control. What if they had said, Mr. Nunley, we understand that you're a pastor. Will you please come drive this plane? No, that's even worse. That's even worse. I, I didn't really want control. Do you see how that works? See, control is an illusion. Because you're not equipped to handle life's turbulence. Besides, usually the stuff that usually the stuff that hits us the hardest in life, we couldn't have prepared for anyway. I mean, you couldn't have stopped. You can prepare for it spiritually. You can, you can prepare your relationship with the Lord. But the stuff that I've experienced that, that was the most, you know, uh, it affected me the most negatively, there, there was no way to stop it beforehand anyway. And it was my relationship with the Lord, right, that, that, that let me go through that, that took me through that situation, not my control of the situation. Amen? Here's the last one. How do we fight fear? We fight fear by being thankful. Yet another word I wouldn't necessarily thankfulness. This is not a word I would necessarily think of when it comes to fear. But check this out. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at 6 and 7. I want to read this in the New King James Version. This is the version that I memorized this in. I like the way it reads a little bit better. It says this. Be anxious. That's the fear. Right? That's that worry. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Which, by the way, the scripture says do not fear or don't be afraid like an incredible amount of times. It's one of the number one commands all throughout the Bible is do not be afraid or fear not. So here, in, in another way, it says be anxious for nothing. Don't be afraid. But in everything, by prayer with supplication. Supplication is like intense crying out prayer. With thanksgiving... Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's almost, for me, in the past, I've read this, it's like, with Thanksgiving, is kind of like an afterthought. It's kind of like, hey, pray really hard, and uh, oh, if you remember, be thankful. But that's not, it's not an afterthought here. It says, be anxious, don't worry, don't be fearful, but in everything as you pray, with Thanksgiving, to tell God about it. Why? What's so important? Because intentional thankfulness reroutes our thoughts. Intentional thankfulness, if, if you make a point to always remember God's faithfulness in the past, now get this, if you're always remembering God's faithfulness in the past, you will filter your future through his faithfulness. And it won't be as frightening. It won't be as scary. Why? Because you've, you've trained your mind to remember all the good he's done in the past. And not just for you, but for other people as well. And as you remember all that he's done well in the past, his faithfulness towards you, then the future doesn't look so bad. Because the same God that was in the past is the same God that you're running into in the future. Amen? 
Amen. We have to confront fear. We have to confront fear. Look, there are things, and, and for every person here in this room, there would be a different fear that we all deal with, right? We all have different things that we deal with, but we've got to confront fear. Fear left unopposed will limit your potential in the kingdom. It's just like kryptonite. God is calling you to fly. He's calling you to leap buildings in a single bound. He's calling you to do all the stuff he needs you to do, that he wants you to do, that you were created to do. But fear can be the kryptonite that keeps us from walking in it. Now think about this. God has called you to so much. You're not called to be a pew warmer or you just come on Sunday mornings and just warm the seat. Hey, congratulations. Right? You are called to a life of service, of adventure, of following him. Now check this out. Your greatest fears are concealing your greatest victories. Your greatest fears quite possibly are concealing your greatest victories. What do I mean? The things that you fear the most, it's very likely that the enemy is making you afraid so you won't go down that, that path. And so if you, need to, if you want to know, what's my purpose, my calling? What, what, what does God have for me in the future? What are those things he's calling me to, to, to work on and to do in the future for his glory and his kingdom? What are you afraid of? Because quite possibly, that's a smoke screen thrown up by the enemy to keep you from going down that path. Because that's your true destiny. Maybe you're afraid of... Getting married because you don't know that you can do the commitment. You don't know that you'll work it out, you know, work things out right. Well, maybe that's God's calling for your life. Maybe you're afraid to start that business and to launch out in faith because, you know, you've heard of so many people that have failed. Well, maybe that's your destiny. But whatever it is, whatever it is, don't let your fear conceal your greatest victory. This is, my, this is my final question to y'all. Are you ready to live fear-free? Are you ready to be delivered? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound, safe thinking mind. Are you ready to stand toe-to-toe with a giant of fear, look him in the eye, and say, you don't belong to me and I don't belong to you? Are you willing to face your fear? Let's stand for prayer.